Rebound. 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 Hello, Brooklyn. This is the Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, episode 86. What's up, Pod Drew? What's up, Podnam? Episode 86. And honestly, both all the Nets top brass got next. I mean, oh. what, that's that technically rhymes. I, you know, I always like to do a rhyme up top. I wanted to just say it's more appropriate to just literally say they got 86. Do you know that this term getting 86, uh, Podnam? Um, is, Have you ever worked in the restaurant business or is, anything like is that? Is it a hip hop term? It's not a hip hop term. I might make it one when I, you know, when I release my album. But when you're mixtape or okay, no. So like at least in the restaurant business, when when you're out of something, let's say you, you go to your favorite restaurant, which is what is it, Podnam? Uh, BK Burger King. Okay, so you're going to have it your way. Yeah. Um, and then. What what is something you like? Maybe pick something that's not like fries or something, but something a little more obscure on the menu that they might run out of. Uh, let's go with the uh, Dutch apple pie. All right, so I'm I'm the, at the register, or someone's at the register. They're like Dutch apple pie for this uh, pod looking gentleman. Mm-hmm. I'm back there working behind the counter. I'm like, oh my man, up front, my girl up front. 86 Dutch apple pies right now. Like that's a ter- I don't know if they use that in fast food, but in like restaurants when you're out of something. Like eighty six, whatever tuna tartar doesn't matter. Whatever it is, so it's appropriate that this is Brooklyn Rebound episode eighty six, because they got rid of who they get rid of. Uh, they got rid of no, no one too. No important. one, no one important really. Um, I think it was just uh, a couple people that were just hanging around for for a little too long, maybe. The Counting Crows. Yeah. Yeah. They're hanging around this town. Yep, yep. County Crows were there. Yep. Mr. Jones also showed up. Yep. All that goodness. Is Mr. Jones the name of the guy Prokhorov brings in to fire people like like <laughs> Lionel Hollins? <laughs> I think so. Uh, and then every time he fires them, after uh, he says, sha-la-la-la-la-la-la. La-la. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I guess. Do you think like Collins feels better at getting fired if there's like a jaunty little tune on the way out the door? Or is that just adding more salt to the wound? Well, wasn't that like? I think that was a, a commercial for Spotify where like you, like this guy was getting fired and had his box of stuff, and uh, he put on his like playlist of like getting fired okay. or whatever. So maybe maybe he did that. That's interesting. I don't remember that one, but well, that's good commercial person who came up with that. Good, good way to go, commercial person. Uh, I just thought of the idea now, but no. Um. So yeah, where Hollins gets fired and Billy King, GM, gets quote unquote reassigned. Is that are you seeing what I'm seeing, Padnam? Yeah, reassigned meaning he's just on the payroll. Um. I mean, both of them are technically going to be on the payroll. Lionel Hollins will still be. He'll get his money, but um, guaranteed. But. What is like? Why wouldn't King just be fired outright? Do you? Un- is it just because he's just like a what? He he's it's like so like say for example. I mean, it it just implies that he's still working. Like with he's still not yeah. on the payroll, and that he's getting like not like Hollins, who's getting getting paid, but he's out the door doing nothing. It's more transitional of him, like instead of completely firing him, just to 
say, hey, go sit at this table for a little bit and uh, we're going to have someone else come in. And then when that person comes in, your table and you sitting at the table would be no longer needed. So so it's a temporary demotion. Is that basically? And then you. Yeah. It's the demotion aspect that I'm not. I don't I just don't feel like this is that normal. Like when coaches, GMs get fired for that for them to not just use not be like, quote unquote, fired. Well, I mean, let's put it this way. So, like, say I I felt that you're. uh you said something really offensive on Mr. Irrelevant, right? And it was on the Brooklyn Rebound feed. And then I, I was like, well, Padre, uh This I, is just a random example, of course. Yeah, made up. Yeah, hypothetical. Yeah. Well, Padre, uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, we can have you being acting co-hosts uh, of any show right now. So I'm going to have to uh, have you just do editing. And that's it. So you would basically not be a host anymore, but you'd just be doing one position. And I don't think it matters what position Billy King's doing. No one's going to ask, like, oh, is he kind of like a, a – what's his name? Um, Frank. It's like Larry Frank where he was – where he was demoted for TPS papers or whatever it was, you know? But was that – so he used to be the coach, and then he left. He was fired, and then he came back under another coach to be an assistant. That's what I thought that situation was. Yeah, well, no, he was getting paid. It's not the same, or he he was getting paid the whole time by the Nets? Yeah, he was still getting, I mean, when you, the best thing about the Nets is when you get hired by the Nets and you get fired, you're still getting paid to do nothing. So it's like a win-win. You always want to be hired by the Nets. You're never going to lose out on any money, uh, any cash grab. His contract, Lionel Hollins, lasts till the end of the year, so he's going to get paid till the end of the year. I mean, this whole episode is basically like our segment, Hired or Fired, just in real, it's really happening. So how would you deal with that demotion if I were to demote you to Well, here, here's a, I got a positive, a, one major flaw of this hypothetical scenario. You're, you're basically implying with this scenario that you're like pro grubber, you're the owner of this a, podcast. A Brooklyn Rebound? Yeah, I would say, I would say I, I, I'm uh, well, Mm, you're the owner of Brooklyn Rebound, but what the Pod Boys Productions or whatever we call it, we're calling it, the studio, the production company right here, yeah, uh, that that's now putting out Brooklyn Rebound, yeah, is between is with both of us. So I don't know, I understand why in in this scenario you're like the program and I can be fired like a uh, like a Lionel Hollins or demoted. Reassigned, will you have? A, well, I mean, Billy King. Re- reassigning you is just only realizing where your talents are, Padre. Um, and- so, so you're saying that? So, what are you saying then? King doesn't. That's not his talents. I mean, we know he did a pretty terrible job. So his <laughs> talent is just sitting in the chair until someone comes in. What? That's what seat, you said before. Seat warmer, exactly. Seat filling. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's fair to say. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the king is dead. Uh, he, we can call. Uh, can we call Prokhorov uh, one of the Lannisters, Jamie, Kingslayer? I see. I don't like this. I'm. I'm not feeling uh, your analogy game today, Padnam. I gotta say. No, I like you. I like your taking a Game of Thrones because my head's always there. But Jamie Lannister is not like. I mean, Prokhorov would be more of a Tywin Lannister, right? I know Jamie Lannister killed the king, but who's even saying that Lionel Hollins is a king or anything like that? He's not even a Sacramento king. He's let you know. He's not. He's not even. A... <laughs> well, he I'm could trying... be. He could be pretty soon. I mean, maybe. Uh, I was trying to pull a George Carl. He's not a George Carl, you know. Even so, uh, 
but but the position to, to be like the the head man in charge would be like a Tywin Lannister, Jamie's dad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say there's no I'm not I'm not feeling a you know, I could probably come up with a better Thrones analogy if I think about it with Prokhorov, but... Well, but we don't need don't to go down that road. Don't worry. No, we don't need to. No, 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 it's not necessary. Oh, no, let's, uh, let's just talk no, about no, no, it. No, it's fine. 45 it's, minutes. No, it's, it's totally All fine. Right. Uh, so where do you want to take it, though, Pod? Now I'm like, uh, are you still want to talk about more about why it happened or going forward? I mean, everyone knows why it happened, right? Uh, right, that's what I figured. That's why I didn't think we needed to dwell on it too much, but... So they have a 10-win season so far still, right? So the timing of it, uh, I think it, it does make sense. It's one of those like New Year resolutions. Maybe Prokhorov said I had to have so many firings and let goes. Uh, he just didn't get around to it till like two weeks in. About yeah, he was a little uh, <laughs> a little sluggish on that. Yeah, so so um, you know he's he's the all in owner. Uh, he had the press conference today. He he wrote me an email personally. Um, and said, uh, you know, I want you guys to know I'm dedicated. We're going to bring a champion. Uh, we're going to be a contender next year. All the right things you want to hear from an owner. It wasn't a group email? You were directly on this? No, it says Dear Enom. Obviously, it's directly okay. towards me. He's getting very formal, not even calling you, uh, addressing you as Podnam, but straight up Enom. Uh, you know, me, me and uh, Proc have hung out several times. You must times. be close, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with that being said, I... I I think it's just wondering who is the right person for the job. Um, right. So that's kind of the direction I was heading with that. But um, what? It's not going to be John Calipari or whatever everyone's saying, right? Well, I was saying that for a while. I mentioned it several times. Yeah, right. I remember you mentioning it. Now people are saying that as well. I, that's like the name I hear. But do you really think that's realistic? Well, it's realistic, yes. Um or do you think it's a good that would actually be good? Whether it's good or not, that's that's the thing. Um, I think in a, if if Prokhorov wants to run this team and he's the owner, he can run the team however way he wants. If he wants to run this team in a win now mentality, then you hire Calipari. That's it's just that simple. Uh, if you want to build a winner long term, even though you don't have assets, the only way you're going to do that is hiring like an RC Buford from the Spurs. Um, or, uh, you know, hiring uh, and then hiring like Tom Thibodeau as a head coach, uh, as a, and, which is people have also mentioned as well as a possible. But he gets mentioned on every vacancy, literally, and then the Tibbs. Well, I mean, there this year, this year, he does. Well, how many firings have there been this year? No, but just pe- not saying they have the people have to be fired. The coaches have to be fired for people to say Thib to think it's going to happen down the line and put Thib's name in there. That's all I'm saying um, is Hollins is the first one fired this year, right? Yeah. This season. I mean, I mean, he's the first. Yeah, I mean, he beat out Mike Brown uh, for the Lakers uh, after th- that three-game firing. Um, wait, I think it was like two or three. Well, games. he didn't beat him out. What do you mean? <laughs> no, no. I mean, he beat him out. I, I mean, he he lo- lasted him. Sorry, long long. Outlasted him. Okay, yeah. I, I was uh, I was just picturing it as like the winner who beat the other one out is the one who gets fired the quickest. <laughs> um, Byron Scott. Um, still a Laker coach. He's got yeah, but he's they want him because uh, they want a tank. So you know, yeah, he's, good, he's doing well for them there's technically. Not, there, I mean, I think Lionel Hollins is a good coach overall, but just not for this team, not for this owner. And you know, like I think, I think Billy King just uses his like uh, wit to be like friendly and be a buddy of Prokhorov to like keep his job basically. That's um, what, yeah, that's what it seems like, and that's all it was, you know. So. Um, but, but I don't know. 
So about Calipari, though, let's say something about this. So you're—I don't necessarily think he would even be, even if the Nets threw all the kinds of money at him, whatever. I don't know if he'd be a good coach for them because it's not—it's not college, not Kentucky, where you can just get new teams every year. Basically, just new recruits, the best players, some of the best players in the country play for one year, and like they're not in that situation, which is what he's known for, really, in college. Also, it doesn't seem to me like there is none, none, even that many of these big players coming along, even if he did it the NBA way of drafting or however you have to do it, free agency, whatever. There's not that that many players the Nets are going to be able to get in the next couple of years like that well, that I'm thinking of. So it's not going to – there is no quick fix here, I don't think. Well, it, it is – the only quick fix they have is they have cap space this summer. Uh, a lot of other teams will, too, but they have one of the uh, bigger cast space. The only one that's going to be on the contract now that Joan Johnson's going to be gone is Thad Young and Brooke Lopez, right? So you have two players that are likable, uh, personnel is not divas, not, like, egocentric people that are team players, and um, what, would people want to play with them? Possibly. Uh, we're t- look, just looking at these uh, this free agent list right now. We got LeBron James. Obviously, he's going to want to come to Brooklyn. Um, so will Kevin Durant, uh, Andre Drummond. Dwight. Oh, so I guess Cal, Coach Cal will be able to just bring him in like this then? Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, obviously, none of those players are coming to Brooklyn. Um, I was I was doing a, a ha-ha funny, funny ha-ha. Um, and with that being said, Cal is good at relationships with a lot of players and agents, and that's why he gets all these, you know, top recruits in college. He does illegal shit like that all the time. Uh, uh, Allegedly, I, let's say. Uh, no, I would say it's definitely a fact because Memphis, UMass, um, all the other schools have been punished while he's he's already gone, way gone. All right, so it's a fact then, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with that being said, that's the only skill set that we need if you're talking about winning now and getting someone to come in this summer, you know, uh, with the cap space. And also with the cap space opening up with the TV deal, the Nets will be able to sign a lot more um, than other teams with like tax and wise, because like why else would Prokhorov want to like spend all this more money on the Nets if he didn't want a winning product right now? I don't think he's a patient kind of guy. So, well, he's clearly not because this whole thing was like what he said a couple of years ago when he bought the team or whenever he said it was like, we'll have a championship in the next three years or what was, what was his quote like that? Which is now this would be the third year of that or whatever. It was, year, the it was year five when he started, and then I think year five. Now it's like year seven or or eight right now. So, yeah. Prokhorov has been on around. Mm-hmm. It's not been eight years since then. No, uh, he. I mean, he he said uh, maybe it's year, he said three years. So it's got to be year that's, five, year five yeah. or year six now. So yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. something like that. But anyway, he's clearly not patient, but. I mean, it's hard to. I mean, it happens more, I guess, more often in the past decade or so with the different "quote unquote" super teams in the Big Three in Miami, Big Three Cleveland, whatever. But uh, even the one year they all went to Boston, Garnett and everything, and uh, Ray Allen. It's not. It's still not that easy to do that in the NBA. I don't think so. And I do honestly don't know how how the Nets are going to get a. I mean, because what, what they need right now. Uh, is basically a bunch of star players. If they were able to keep Lopez and like the star they have, they would still need to add like two more big pieces to that to have a 
competitive team in the NBA. And now I feel like they might even trade Brooke Lopez probably. No, I don't think they could. Blowing up the team. You don't think that's going to happen? He's the face of the franchise. You can't. I mean, the Nets really don't have anything really to look forward to right now for the next couple months. You trade away Brooke. Unless they're getting like five draft picks like in the next two years, first rounders or something something ridiculous like that, then maybe. Because that's the thing. So even if there was a bunch of great players coming out of college, which maybe there will be, I mean, people are talking about this Ben Simmons guy a lot for next year's draft and whoever's coming down the pipeline. The Nets don't have any picks the next couple years because Billy King mishandled things. So they... Like they can't even draft players early unless they make trades, so they might have to trade a, a Brook Lopez or I would think uh, Thad Young would be on the table. Obviously, everyone you're, we were talking about Joe Johnson already before the season started getting traded, but you don't think it's going to be a complete fire sale restart? They have to build around Brook. Yeah, they have to. I mean, if you're going to build around Brook, once also Thad and Brook are pretty tight. Uh, they're buddies, uh, not just because they. They're on the team. They've known each other for a while, like AEU, all that. So all these guys always know each other. But um, with that being said, you know, those two guys are the most consistent. Brooke has actually been pretty damn consistent, but they just don't have anyone to really, you know, be another two, a second person to even step up. You know, Joe Johnson is way too tired for it. So, and Joe Johnson came out today and said he doesn't want to get bought out. He's, he's okay with just chilling in Brooklyn. He, he's fine with that. So exactly. He's okay with just chilling and doing whatever. That's like, it's so Joe Johnson seeming, but he's Joe cool, man. That's, that's his stuff. Yeah. That doesn't win championships. Uh, sorry to tell you. Well, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just skeptical that this could be a quick, there's a quick fix for the nuts. And I think they should just, I think Prokhorov should just try to slow things down a bit. Understand you're not getting in championship contention in the next five years, realistically, and try to build. I mean, maybe I would still want to keep Brooke if they can but and build around him, but get a good foundation in there and make some other type of trades to get uh, to get some draft picks back. Or I mean, yeah, but no. you, do you think it's like a New York thing? Like you want it's basically Brooklyn now, basically New York. Like New York fans, teams, uh, owners, all impatient usually. Yeah. And you think it, he's just fitting in back into that whole thing? Well, well, the thing is, all these other teams know what Brooklyn ha- doesn't have, right? So they can really kind of like screw over, you know, at, whoever's trading with Brooklyn. It won't be a fair trade. They won't even treat it that way. It's almost like it's like in negotiations to the table are like they're already handicapped immediately, right? They they can't yeah. they can't offer draft picks. They can't offer this. They can only offer some exceptions here and there, uh, restricted free agents and expiring contracts, and that's not that's not going to go well for unless a team that's committed to like a big deal. I can't think of anyone right now. But like uh, maybe I think we talked about it before. Lance Stevenson um, talked about maybe someone like Harrison Barnes, right? I I don't think they would ever want to like Golden State would ever want to mess around with their chemistry. But Harrison Barnes is probably not coming back. Or, he's probably the most expendable anyway. Like right. he's been out a bunch this season, and they're obviously playing great still. Um, so even if you were able to get a Barnes, that's still. 
one he's a, big he's, piece he's of a Jeff Green. He's like a Jeff Green. Like he's a talented guy. Well, hopefully he's like a rich man's Jeff Green. That's like what you want to get out of him. Well, he's, a, he's a champion's version of Jeff Green, yeah. right? So, um, like I'm looking at all these players that are more likely to leave in free agency. This is based on SB Nation. They're saying okay, but before you like look into the players, right. do you do you? I can't completely tell if you agree with me or are you just disagree with me? Like as as being the Nets fan between the two of us as well. Do you want that? Which me- before we look into free agents, like which method do you want them to implore? Like the try to get the quicker fix, or try to build, you know, do it slower. Like I'm advocating. Which do you think, and which do you want? So, uh, what I want um, is I want the right product on the floor. What I realistically, what the way I think that's only going to happen is, uh, or the way that I would want it to happen is long term. Like build it out for three five year plan right, right. Uh, the reason being is because i already know how that works i mean i know they're two different sports but i'm a mets fan right so every year i knew my team is terrible you know that's that's uh that was easy that's it sucks but like it's you know not they know like they, they it could be a better year every year and every year they improved like the mets improved from their plan with sandy allison um to now Next year, I mean, they made the World Series this past year. Next year, they're going to have the best starting rotation maybe of all time. Who knows? Um, and the Nets, they don't have that patience, but they do have they do have the pieces to put in place for a structure like that with a purchasing a D-League team in Long Island, having them play at NASA Coliseum. They got the contract there. They had the new practice facility in Brooklyn, Tower Heights. That's going to be like maybe one or two miles from where Ebbetsfield used to be. And all those things taking place is putting structure together for developing talent. But with Prokhorov being who he is, it's not going to happen. Unless he hires like a really expert at it, like R.C. Buford or um, um, who is the guy, uh, Rod Thorne, who used to run the Nets, you know, who built that, that Jason Kidd, Kenyon Martin uh, mega squad that went to the finals twice, right? really quickly out of okay. nowhere, he's not going to listen to anyone else. He's just like, I'm I'm a billionaire. I'm going to throw my money up and make it rain whenever I want. So that's that's what he does. So, But that doesn't seem good going forward as a Nuts fan. Like, yeah, it seems like it's going to be. He's going to keep on rolling the dice. He's going to play, I mean, not to be so like pun on it, but he's going to play Russian roulette every single time, you know, and that's that's the way it's going to work, you know. That's, that's how he operates. And I'd rather have that. Than a owner like a 76ers, the opposite, like the other end of it, where you're keep on hoping and hoping for the picks and hoping it's going to pan out. But now they had to have someone step in, two people step in, Jerry Colangelo and Mike D'Antoni, because Sixers fans will not put up with losing for that long. I mean, yeah, but they're just helping on like the coaching staff, right? Basically. No, GM too. Like uh, Jerry Colangelo is. Oh, Colangelo, GM side. Yeah. Yeah. So, well. Yeah. So okay. So what about these free agents then? Um, Who the Nets possibly could get? I want. I, man, I would be so happy if uh, if Andre Drummond came to town. That'd be awesome. But a uh, little bias there because he's UConn. Dion Waiters. Don't. I don't want anyone. I don't think anyone wants him. Right. Um, oh, let Waiters cook, man. Uh, let him open the Brooklyn Chefery. Tony Roten. Wow, these are terrible players. <laughs> what, the Sixers players are on the list? Oh, yeah. boy. I don't know. I, I'm not even going to look at this list. I'm not going to think past this. I, I want, right. What I want well, for the Nets moving forward, I'm going to tell you that real quick. Uh, okay. I want these but, guys. 
guys long, can... long term you're talking about sorry long term you're talking about right now moving forward or just for the rest of the season for the rest of the season i want i want them to compete at their hardest they they brought in games like two you know, a lot of last-minute possession, that, or they've been blown out a couple, a handful of times, I would say. Not even, like, that many times. Like, it hasn't been excruciating on the level of, like, oh, they're out of it because 20 points. Last couple of weeks, it's been that way. But before the new, before the year started, they were competitive in just about every game. So I want them to keep doing that. I want Brooke Lopez to get better defensively and put up all-star numbers uh, if he can. He's not going to be an all-star. No one likes him. Apparently, they don't like people that are Star Wars fans and Batman fans. That's messed up. Because those things are so unpopular. That's why he, Lopez shouldn't get behind these such unpopular things. Yeah. Just straight Game of Thrones like I do and, you know, NFL, and that's all you really need. Don't Star Wars, it's not popular enough. So do you want you want uh, you want Joe Johnson on the Cavs? You want to you want to give? Him- I, already, I mean, we talked about this last episode briefly. I don't think we – I don't honestly want to – like, you, I made the comment before about, you know, sarcastic comment about him being a champion um because of his like general attitude and kind of somewhat malaise it seems like for being a great player or, or what could be a great player he doesn't always you know bring the effort in my opinion um uh, that being even despite that i don't really think the Cavs need him unless their injuries happen um, major injuries happen like a shumper getting hurt again or jr smith something like that I don't think there's room for him right now. The Cavs are playing very well right now um, for the most part with what they have, Kyrie back, everything like that. I don't know if they need him added into the chemistry as it is right now. I mean, I think he's more of a Ray Allen type of player, you know, for the Heat. Um, like just maybe a couple, not three-point expert. I'm just talking about just a yeah. guy off the bench that can score in a couple spurts. That's it. I mean, I'm sure they would use him if they were to get him, but I don't, I don't, I don't see the need for it personally right now do you disagree with that for, uh, on the Cavs for, for the Cavs uh no I, I think they're you don't want to kill the chemistry but Joe is very you know he's not a diva either you know he's not gonna uh, yeah I'm not saying that I'm not trying to imply that I what I'm saying like my main knock on him is gameplay on the floor like not always seeming to bring the full effort uh every night like the true superstars do um do you disagree with that uh I don't. I don't think he doesn't bring the effort. I think this year he's just older. Like I think every night. I'm not saying this year. I mean, I'm talk basically going full career here. You think? You think? Joe, so if you compare Joe Johnson to Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady, would you say he's in the same class of that? Not trying. Um, because I wouldn't. Yeah, that's kind of you wouldn't. You're saying no. I think Joe Johnson has definitely <laughs> tried tried his hardest, but he hasn't been in the right situation. The only time he was okay was in Phoenix before he got traded to Atlanta. And that's so, so okay, yeah. I I wouldn't compare them in the fact that both of those two are have more had a higher ceiling in their careers. I would say mm-hmm. they could have really been the superstar. I'm not saying Joe Johnson could have be like a superstar, like uh, you know he's not going to be a LeBron James, something like that. And which maybe at one point is he Joe thought, Johnson a Hall of Famer? Let's let's put it that way. No, I don't think so. Um, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say definitely not. And that's the reason, like, he could have been a great, maybe the situation wasn't always right. Like, at a, on those Atlanta teams, he was the best player on the team. When a team with him is the best player, isn't going to win a championship. But even, like, being a the, one of the best number twos, I think that's something he could have accomplished. But I don't think he's even got to that level. So, no, that's my main knock on the guy, I'm going to say. Yeah, well, I mean, he, and let's just look at his stats, he's, 
he's been he's been killing it pretty for a long time. Uh, Seventeen years, no, fourteen year NBA career, which is kind of hard to do nowadays. I mean, I would say maybe. Oh, it's still a great career. I'm not yeah. saying it's not, but I, you know, when I'm talking about superstar level, I'm talking about championships. That's kind of the thing you get into in the NBA. It's not all. Um, it's not always about just the stats. It's somewhat about your attitude too, and how much you maximize your talent for the given situation. I feel you. I feel you. All right. Well, uh, you know, I actually, um, I was going to tell you. Um, I didn't get to tell you before, but I have some inside source. What? Yeah. You got those now? Yeah. Normally, you're going for all the outside sources, but no, this no, is no. better. This is like a like a innie, like a like a belly button innie. So no, I got it. Yeah. We all understood. Yeah. Um. And I don't know what's going on with the Nets, but I, I got these guys. Uh, they came to me. Well, what's going on right now, to tell you, is they're losing to the Spurs at live right now in the 58, third quarter. 58-48 um, Spurs are up by about to be 11. A little a little spoiler alert. It's actually 60 now for the Spurs, so they're up 12. Well, that's just... Into your, a look into your future there, Podnam. But sorry, go ahead. More, important, more importantly... Upcoming game for the Nets playing the Knicks Wednesday night, mm. Battle of New York, and then way past that Friday night is Nickelodeon night. Ninety way past that, which is <laughs> one day later is way past that. No, it's two days later. Oh, sorry, two days. Yeah, I thought you said Thursday and Friday. Okay, no, Friday, Friday is Nickelodeon night, so that's the biggest night of the year uh in barclay center there's gonna be a lot of rugrats there what does that entail i was gonna say it like rugrats like mascot big looking suit things yeah, or, to take a or the real the real rugrats uh, maybe real rugrats now that they're older um what they would look like it's chucky grown up how, how old would he be like old, like as old as me i guess probably chucky would definitely be the homicidal character maybe one like look like he could kill you kind of person yeah I guess you want to be quite as old as me. I'm trying to think when that show even came out. But, yeah, he definitely would be a murderer. Yeah. And then Phil and Will would just be like, one would be like on drugs all the time. The other one would be like the perfect uh, goody two-shoes. Which which do you think goes where? Uh, I think I think Will is more of like Amanda Bynes kind of. Yeah. It just went off the rails and is potentially like should be on heavy medication. She's a child kind. star, right? So is Lil. Angelica's probably just doing So is Phil, you mean you said Lil was the Well both of them, yeah. And then I think was Angel- the binds. What about Angelica? What do you think uh she's doing? Uh I think she like she has like a somewhat successful job. Like she works she's like lawyer. a man- a manager at an Fine. office. Maybe a lawyer, something. Um and then she goes home and just like ab- ab- abuses her husband at least verbally. No, I think physically too, probably. Maybe probably physical. Throws her shoes at him and stuff. Like, is not a good person. Well, we didn't say Tommy. What's he up to? I feel like he became like one and became a hippie. Like he just like either lives in a commune or lives like in a shack out on a beach somewhere. And has like a long red beard and red long red Jesus hair, but red. Yeah, yeah. I think I I think Reptar is probably still doing TV shows in Japan right now. No, no doubt. He might have moved on. He might have been run out of Japan and is is doing South Korea now. But no, probably North Korea. Gonna... <laughs> I don't know. They kidnapped him. Yeah, Kim Jong kidnapped him. <laughs> and Kim Jong Un makes him perform. That's probably the most likely. Speaking thing. of monsters, that Spurs seven uh, three uh, dude. Uh, what's his name? I, I thought you were, were going to say. Speaking of monsters, let's do a whole thing about our real monsters right now. 
Well, I didn't like that show. I wasn't a fan of that. That's the only. One. I didn't watch it that much either. But I, that's just the the Nickelodeon reference I pulled. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, you got anything else to to plug, Pod Drew? I got. Uh, well, actually, yeah. I wanted to do a quick uh, game if you uh, don't mind, Podnam, because you're always coming up with these games. Like, like I kind of said before, hired or fired. You had, and what was the other one we snap played or slap? And just to get behind that, you know, snap or slap. It was because of a snap, like an, uh, a Snapchat, right? Yeah, a Snapchat, yep. You're trying to step on social media. You want to Snapchat this, what, a coach or whatever, get a picture with them, or you want to slap them because they're not good. It's good so yeah. I was trying to think along those lines. Uh, away from the coaches right now, um, more to the uh, GM side of things, I was thinking about the whole reassignment. Yep. Uh, like, what kind of a dope do you have to be to get reassigned at your GM job? Okay. And I want to bring back the social media. So I want to play a round of Periscope or, yeah, or he is a dope. And that's why I give you the, a GM and you say if you want to uh, do a live appearance with them and record it for Periscope. Or do you want to call him a dope for uh, mismanaging his NBA team that he's been assigned so it's the GM edition. Are you down with this? Yeah. Pardon so uh, can I can I just uh, help you out with the title a little bit? Um, sure, sure. Scope or dope? You wanted yeah, to? Yeah, I, I think it up? I think that's uh, I think that's we're on the same page there. Yeah. There okay. Go. I just wanted to say it like that first, so people know I'm talking about the social media platform Periscope, which I've never used, or the, right. the phrase "he's a dope," which I may have, probably may have used once or twice in my life before. Probably not too often, but. You know, I just want the full title out there. But scope or dope, let's do it. Scope or dope. All right, go ahead, throw it at me. What you got? All right, I'm going to start you off with a bit of a slow burn. Um, pretty famous GM, gotten a lot of talk within the past decade or, or so, I would say. Danny Ainge, the Celtics. Scope or dope? The Celtics, who own right now the Nets pick next year, number one draft pick. So, or first uh, round, rather. Danny Ainge has brought in one championship to Boston. 2008 it's been about eight years before that he was a phoenix he was an analyst and then before that he was phoenix suns head coach after scott scowls got fired so of his tenure of gm he's got one championship maybe in a 20 year span i would say give or take maybe 15 to 20 give or take yeah about i would say um and he the way he got that championship is through his celtics connections with kevin McHale and uh minnesota so i would say uh dope Cause I'm hating on Ainge. Oh, yeah, I- I'm hating on this dude that said that. Oh man, uh, when he was a Phoenix Suns coach, he had to leave the team because he had to save his family. He had to dive overboard. It's like Andy Reid doesn't leave his family. Well, why, why, does, why does Danny Ainge get to leave his family? You know what it was? Because Robert Ory threw a towel in his face. That's why he's dope. He's dope. Okay. He's not dope. Cool, like that cool movie that I've yet to watch is still on my Netflix queue. Uh, well, that's that's a problem, real quick, uh, Padnam, with saying with your shortened version, scope or dope. We don't want we want to make it clear it's not dope as in a good thing. It's dope as in a bad thing. That's why he's a dope. I'm gonna but. say dope, dope e. I'm gonna put the y at the end right there. It's like okay, a- so maybe it should be scope me, scope with me, or dopey. Yeah, there you go. There you all go. right, all right. Are you done on Are you done on Danny Inch? I'm a little surprised. I guess I'm not surprised, but I'm. I might have uh, thrown him a, a periscope because he's done a pretty decent job, I guess. I mean, at least took advantage of poor Billy King. That's not hard. But all right, let's 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 move on. Um, how about try this one on for a size? Uh, we, we're talking 
Philadelphia 76ers GM Sam Hinkie. Uh, scope with me or Dopey? Well, Sam has. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, Scope because there's not been a, a GM in NBA history that can keep a job for guaranteeing a losing team for five straight years in the world in, in, in a row. And so, that's his strategy, really. It's not like he's just doing it. Like that's his no, whole thing, right? And then signing and then trading like for Andrew Bynum and then giving up the pick that turns out to Nikola. Vuvovich or Vuvuchik, um on the yeah. Orlando Magic, and all Oops. that, and all that good stuff for for this guy to keep his job for this long, even when Jerry Colangelo's coming in and Dan Tony's coming in. Kudos to you, sir. Kudos. To so you, you like his style? Here, sir. I, I like his swag. I like his swag. I'm gonna periscope him all day and be okay. like, and then we're gonna make some funny, uh, like uh, maybe some Drake hotline blings. Uh, Reditions and stuff like that. In Paris. I don't know what people do on Periscope. So I would call it a rendition. Yeah, I think you guys could do that. I don't know if it's. I don't think I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure what the time limit is on Periscope, or if you can just keep going, or they cut you off all the time, right? Yeah, I don't know if you can. Well, you and um, you and Sam can talk about it. But let's move on. Uh, how about this one? Uh, we're talking uh, the a coach as well, but we're not talking his coaching. We're talking pure GM right now. Doc Rivers. Clippers. Doc, so as a GM, Doc Rivers. Hmm. Are you scoping it or are you telling him he's doping it? Well, so where are the Clippers at right now? Um, they're, they're not in the top uh, three, I can tell you that. I don't know uh, what we've been for. So I'm going to look up their record and base a little bit off of that. Um, get the standings up here. And they got a little conference standings. Click on that. And we got these... Uh, L.A. Clippers not in first place of the division because there's uh, oh no Warriors at at thirty five and two twenty five and thirteen they are top three eh, they're top four in the conference are they top four, four in the four. they're four they're four then right yeah. okay yeah they're one so game behind Thunder uh, right Thunder's three mm-hmm. that's what I thought okay so, I mean in a in a West that's actually not that good this year um. <laughs> I would think, exception of Golden State Warriors and Spurs, the Clippers are not going to get past these teams. Um, yeah. and, and from a from a GM perspective, is that is that Doc Rivers' fault? Yes, it is because he's the one who said that uh, he made Josh Smith pull his inner Spreewell and said, you know, I'm going to my team, my family's going to suffer. So. And what you didn't even mention about. Uh, uh, Austin Rivers in that whole uh, scenario. Is well, that's that... probably the best thing he's done is uh, spend some quality time with his son because he's a te- probably a terrible dad. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so he needs. Well, from his stuff. GM job, was that just uh, nepotism or sonanism uh, ruining the team? Yeah, but he did develop Austin Rivers into a better player, which no one thought was possible, really. So uh, I... I suppose. How is he even doing this year? I haven't been hearing great things or anything like that right well, well i mean it's hard to hear great things about the clippers in general right now so uh mm-hmm. they're they're gonna be a first round out again this year uh calling you're calling it right now huh first round out for sure yeah you're booking it down um well i in mean january here? if they're right now if they're starting the playoffs and playing dallas uh that would be an interesting matchup i don't know Let's see. all right well i've just got one more for you on today's scope or dope that is uh, let's Bring it back to the hometown, the Cross uh, River Rivals, the New York Knickerbockers, Phil Jackson. 
Phil Jackson, who is a part-time GM and mainly just hanging out in the... I think he does get GM credit right now, so he is eligible for this list. Am I wrong? No, he's right. You're right. You're right. Right. Um, so 19 and 20, uh, one game under 500. These Knicks are not in the playoffs yet, but they're getting there. The East is tougher this year than the West. East is to tougher this year. Um, I think he, as a um, as a GM... He has been okay. So whether I scope him or I whether whether I would want to periscope with him or to, if he's dopey, uh, I don't know. It's a t- it's a toss up for me. I, I would say push. All right. Well, he is like a legend, so maybe you'd want to periscope with him just because he's Phil. No. Even if you don't think he's doing a great job, or that's not your style. No, because he would just want to like. Give me a book to read or something. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going with. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a book assignment. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess that's going to do it for our first edition of yeah. Periscope or He's a Dope or however you want to call it. I think it was a, a swinging success. I think this episode has been a swinging success. I just made up that phrase, swinging success. I'm liking the alliteration of it, but uh, you know what? I was talking about 86 before. Do you remember how I defined it? Uh. Podnam, when you're you out remember of something? back to the beginning of this podcast? That's right, you're out of something. So I'm going to say I'm 86 right now. All right. You were born in 86. No, I was born in 88. Podnam, remember that. But, you know, my birth is coming up soon, in fact. But anyway, listen. Listen to Mr. Zrelvin podcast. It comes out on Brooklyn Rebound. So, you know, if you're subscribed right now to this, you'll get it. If you're not subscribed, go get it. There's going to be a new episode coming out. Very soon, it's about the playoffs. This weekend, it's the divisional rounds, the Niffle playoffs. It's me, E-Nam, a.k.a. Young Absence, Young Clavicle, and our boy Cheesehead Marv. Last episode, I made them combine to be uh, Cheese Nam and t- try to take me down with playoff picks. So please listen to that. Uh, but right now, look, just like Lionel, just like Billy, well, kind of like Billy, you know, he's reassigned, but whatever. But like Lionel, I'm 86. Peace. Oh. Well, uh, that was an abrupt ending to our podcast for, for Pod Drew. But there's more to come, guys. So obviously there's been a lot of changes with these Brooklyn Nets here. And, uh, man, uh, I promised you guys some, some, some special, special, exclusive information. I got an inside source that knows about the Brooklyn Nets live from Brooklyn. I'm, I'm, I'm Pager now. Uh, wait, hold on. Your name is, uh, Kathry, Kathry, (laughs) Kathry Barenheim. Is, is that, is that fair to say, Kathy? Um, that's absolutely fine for now. Uh, I'm just ready to share my story about this team. Okay. All right. So, you know, you know, recently the Nets, uh, obviously lost a couple games. They fired their, their coach and they let they made their GM stand down. So what's next for these Brooklyn Nets? Um, absolutely. So I think the most important thing is the GM. I mean, they really need a new GM. If you look at the Fortune 500 companies, General Motors is one of them. Um, so I think that that's a fair analogy for what should happen back on the court. Now, if we have only the best players taking all the basketballs on the court at once, that doesn't leave many basketballs for the little guys, you know, the few five, two players that kind of just snuck in there because they have a Wait, Kathy, 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 let me stop you there. So, so okay. you're, you're, you're saying that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be 
hiring a GM from another corporation? Yes, I'm saying that General Motors is, in fact, one of the Fortune 500 companies. That's just, you know, it should be common knowledge for your average economic student today. But you know what problem that economic student has? Student debt. So we got to take care of that first before we can move on to the next half of Wait, the game. Student debt has nothing to do with uh, Lionel Hollins and Billy King and Mikhail Prokhorov and, and the players on the court. Wait, this is kind of weird. What? You know, Prokhorov, you know, Percocet has had a big price increase because those pharmaceutical companies just keep jacking those prices up. <laughs> like, like jacking up threes, right? Like the Nets are not making any. Yeah, no, those nets are not making any three-pointers, and those pharmaceutical companies are not going to make any three-pointers either if I'm president. Wait, if you're president? Like, you're only supposed to be an expert. Wait a second. Wait. This this just says an alias. And qu your name is in quotes on this paper. Wait, who is this? Um, My name is Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh, my God. Secretary Clinton. Yes, Podnam. You're on this. Wait, you know my name? Of course, Podnam. I'm really well acquainted with my fellow Americans. Oh, my God. This is this is bigger than any get we've had. I mean, yeah, Donald Trump, he's all right. But Hillary Clinton, I mean, Secretary Clinton. Sorry, my apologies. I need to, I need to be formal here. Wait, what? What? I know your, your headquarters in Brooklyn. So did you just t pick this gig up part time to talk about the Nets? Uh, yes, I did. I thought, you know, uh, my ham came, my ham came yeah, yeah. to me. Your, your ham, your, your campaign, you mean? Yes, my campaign, but my ham came to me in a dream. Your, your piece of ham <laughs> came to you, yeah. And that ham meant prosperity for all Americans. I'm not a communist. I'm not gonna take your Republican barks at me. I'm just saying that I think that our economy and our tax system specifically is set up now so that it only benefits the people at the top. And I'm one of the lower people, not my values, just I don't have a lot of money. And by that, I mean, I have a lot of money, but I understand oh, the middle class. So you're, you're just, just like, like I understand me. That, you're just you know like that black. Okay, Podnam, you got to let me finish this because it's genius. <laughs> There's a black line in the middle of a basketball court. And what I'm saying is that I understand the purpose of that line. It should be just a fair marker of a healthy economy. And instead, it divides two teams, the rich and the poor, and student debt, and Planned Parenthood is great. I'm I'm really confused here. Uh, apologies, uh, Madam Secretary Clinton here. Uh, is there someone else that could, could talk basketball, simplify things here that's part of your campaign? Well, you know, here in Brooklyn, there's more than one basketball fan. Uh, my friend... Kalibo Kwasa is here. Kalibo Kwasa? I haven't yeah. heard of this guy. Um, all right, cool. Kalibo, wel welcome to the show. Welcome to Brooklyn Rebound. Uh, so what are your opinions on the Nets moving forward? Oh, thank you, thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, well, you know, I think that the Brooklyn Nets really just, they need to they need to go in, they need to go in hard. You know, work hard, play hard, but they, I don't think they're playing that hard. Like, they need to play harder and party and have fun. Like, you know, when I was around, I was doing my job. I partied a lot. And I think I think the Nets just need to have more fun. Wait, wait, Kalibo, uh, 
you sound a little tired, and also you sound very enchanting. I'm actually a little uh, intrigued by your voice. Uh, it makes me feel warm in all the right It should. It should. Well, I am a tired old man. Kaliba has spent many, many years traveling around the world, healing people, helping them, giving them motivational self-help. Um, I, I, my estranged wife has uh, been my greatest challenge. Uh, oh, honey. Wait, wait, wait a second. Hold on. Uh, you just oh, said, uh-oh. did you just reference yourself as third person, Kaliba, <laughs> and then talk about your estranged wife? Those two things don't add up at all. I know I know Brooklyn Nets fans. They don't have a strange wife, and they don't reference themselves in third person. Well, you know, sometimes when you reach a status of greatness, you uh, you can't help but refer to yourself in third person. You get tired of saying, ah, me, my first person's old. That's for lame, flat, one-dimensional people. I'm a dynamic, three-dimensional person. Go ahead. You want to speak? I just want to say that, you know, first person is also for people with flat feet. Continue. That's a good point, Madam Secretary Clinton. <laughs> now, what no, wait, I want to I want to just rewind for a second. Can we please elaborate on that just a, a tad bit about first person and flat feet? Because I'm really I'm missing that connection right there. Okay, well, as Secretary of everything you could ever want in the government, <laughs> I walk a tough line of flat feet i just i have no arch support so it's so it interferes with my persona my political persona i have to go to three personal trainers in the morning just to strap up my arches and um it makes it easier to not talk about the pain if i just don't cry don't cry just let it all out well I mean, I, f- I feel like these arches are, are very important to talk about, but aren't you, if you're arches, running for president... Are you, you're talking about arches? Uh, now you're getting all pervy. That's my job, mister. Wait, <laughs> Just wait, what, what, Kaliba, why don't you take off your hipster glasses and your, your hat? I know who you are. Just do all it. Right. If you, uh, all right, if you insist. I knew it. You're Roger Jeffrey William President Clinton. Is that your full name? <laughs> Just, just stick with Bill. It's a lot easier. If we had to do that kind of introduction every time, I wouldn't even be able to get my day done. It oh, would just. Well, oh, I'll call you Bill. Uh, that's fine. Uh, so why... actually, call me uh, Billy. B- Billy. No, all people call me Billy. I like that name. Uh, okay. Th- all right, Billy. Uh, well, obviously, I'm I'm excited to have uh, both. You know what? Actually, that sounds kind of childish. Why don't we go back to Bill? <laughs> uh, could Could I just say President Bill or President Clinton? Well, I'm no longer president anymore, so, I mean, that's kind of a faded title. How about you? Know just, who's ready to step in there, Billy Boy? Who, who is it? Is it is it Bernie Sanders? No. Oh. Sanders doesn't have a snowball's chance in the Sahara. In <laughs> Sahara? Which Sahara, specifically? The Sahara Desert. Okay, all right, good, good. So, so uh, Madam Secretary Clinton... So what what do you think? I I didn't want I want to talk about nuts, but since I have you, might as well. I mean, what do you think of Brooklyn? You've been down in the headquarters. Uh, do you guys like? Uh, and and then President Bill Clinton, you've also been having Clinton Global Initiative up in Harlem and and other places. Like, what do you guys love about New York City so much? Well, um, I think that Williamsburg is a perfect example of a quaint 
American town. I mean, the people there are just real Americans. And, you know, they're struggling. You know, they make less than 90,000 a year and um, they're paying too many taxes compared with the big guys. You know, something that strikes me, too, is the energy of the young people in this small town called Williamsburg. Um, Williamsburg, Brooklyn? Is that that what you reference? Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Okay. Not not Virginia. No. um, Although I've been to every town in the United States, so I've been there, too. So she was she's a big pioneer. She's a big pioneer. And do you think it's because all these hipsters in Williamsburg are buying too many useless things like uh, records that they can't play on any record player? Is, is that why they're so broke? That could be part of it. But the real culprit is student debt, as we know. And they're all walking around without, you know, not everybody can afford arch supports. Um, and also, I wanted to bring to the conversation immigration. Immigration. Okay. Well, Bella, you obviously, uh, you've been part of, uh, you know, a prestigious legacy United States, and you had a whole bunch of influence on immigration. You passed a lot of laws. What does your party have to do and uh, your wife have to do to make sure that voters vote for you guys in uh, November this year? I think oh, that's a great question, Padnam. Uh, I think what we need to do is just appeal to all kinds of audiences, tell them that we're going to give them what they want, uh, and try and you know make good on that promise. You know, the other day we were in uh, Williamsburg, and I saw the craziest, darndest thing. I saw this little teenage boy, barely even had a mustache going, like couldn't even afford to grow a mustache. He bought just a, a dang old lampshade, no reason. Then he, put it on, then, he, then he put it on his head and, and cut two holes in it for eyes and he walked out of the store. I saw I saw another. I saw grandma buy a pair of stirrups. I don't even know. I don't want to know where that's going to go. Uh, I saw an R2-D2 bathrobe walk on out the store. I can't I just I can't keep up with these things no more. So so you're saying that uh, middle America, that is Williamsburg, Brooklyn, uh, needs to change a little bit of their ways of, of spending. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't that be the Republican message to uh, spend too much? Uh, uh, no, it's just shit. They're just buying shit. Oh, okay, if that's if that's what is going to fuel the economy, then sure, you know, we'll get that. We'll promise people all the shit they want. But okay. I, think, I think Hillary needs to tell people that we're going to get them out of debt because uh, if, if that's the only entertainment they can afford, a lampshade with a couple of holes in it, then, you know, that's on their budget. We need to make sure they have a good, clean budget and help this economy go strong. So, Madam, Madam great point, great point, Bill. Uh, Madam Secretary, so what, what things do you think that uh middle of america williamsburg brooklyn need the most right now if they're buying uh, other than lampshades and everything else that your husband mentioned okay um well they need this article um that was written by someone that my mom made me read so this is a family connection and in it it breaks down what to do with your money and it breaks it down into a third should always go into your roth ira Oh, here we go. A third should go into um, CPRs. Um, and then... <laughs> <laughs> the CPRs giving people resuscitating your life? Yes. 
And, you know, those CDs. And, and collect the cassette discs. Cassette discs. Just put them in. Stuff, stuff the cash in the cassette disc. And then a third should just go in a regular pants savings account. Pants savings account. You know, I have another thought to share, too, that I think would help this country. Okay. Yeah, yes. I mean, the floor is all yours. You're you're the one running for president. So. Thank you. So, um, Billy here mentioned uh, lampshades and an older woman buying them. So I wanted to mention that Bill, you know, he says he's getting old. I want to mention that women actually, as of now, you know, live longer than men. This is true. And, but we're also judged differently so that when we get older, it's like the age cutoff for when you can be considered a competent human is way lower, which is bogus. Because we really should have a longer, more generous time in which we could very successfully run a candidacy in terms of like being perceived as healthy and such. Because... We live a lot longer anyway, so it's bogus to think that once a woman looks like she's over 40, she's no longer valid. Um, and that may or may not be affecting my campaign. Back to the nonsense. Well, I mean, you're talking about being an elder woman. You're a grandmother. Obviously, Bill, you're a grandfather. Um, what I'm grandfathered is, in. Grandfathered in, yes. Uh, so what? what is your opinion on... Uh, on Donald Trump talking about all your discrepancies uh, in the past, President Clinton. Which one? If I could just speak on behalf of my wife, you know, I just want to say, all right, we're a little old. I get it. But we still haven't lost our spunk and our spark. Maybe she, you know, my wife did goof up a little bit with some email scandal thing. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't know her Gmail password. Shoot. I don't know the pin from my cell phone. I mean, come on. What do you want from me? How many passwords do you have going on your, on your emails and your, your accounts? Podnob. Uh, come on. I would say anywhere from like eight to 10. I remember them all though. You remember? That's bullshit. Wait, I mean, with all due respect, sir, uh, I don't think it's bullshit. I'm a millennial. I'm smart. Excuse me? Are you saying that someone can't be smart, hip, with it, and technologically savvy if they're over the age of 60? I would say someone born before 1980 uh, has a more challenge of learning technology than a person that is born in from that era. And older. So, it's, so it's not our fault about that email thing. So... Lay off of us, media. That's yeah. what I'm- no, I agree with you. I, I I agree with both of you. Obviously, the media is doing a bad job of. Uh, I, I don't think they've mentioned the email in a while. I think they've just mentioned you uh, getting. Shh, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. And in the Oval Office. Yeah, they haven't talked about that either. Don't but, that. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Well, I I want to go back to the part of Brooklyn. Uh, you know, obviously, you guys are big basketball fans. I, I saw President Clinton. You were at the game not too long ago. Dude. Madam Secretary Clinton, you, you're, your headquarters there. Why aren't you showing up to the games? What What's up with that? Oh, I'm showing up to the games. I'm just, you know, like I started on this podcast, I'm trying to go as a regular American. American. Okay. Um, so you guys know that the Nets are owned by a Russian owner. So what, are your, what do you think you guys could bring to the table in terms of international relations? Vladimir Putin and all. Um, obviously, you had some experience doing that, President Clinton. But what about you, Madam Secretary? How are you going to handle Putin and Mikhail Prokhorov of the Nets, the owner of the Nets? Okay, well, I'm going to serve Putin some pudding and call it a day. I think we have enough issues in this country that we need to focus on so that our influence across the world will be better and that people will hear America and they'll think great, not shitty. 
That's right. I, I, th- I think Vladimir Putrid has his finger on the oh, new good button. Get her. Uh, thank you. I t- it took a while to plan that one. But my wife has her finger on the peace button, you know. Uh, on the Just, peace button? It's ready to push that peace button. Peace out, world. We're here to make friends. Wait, so you're just gonna you're gonna befriend Russia? And what about North Korea? They just launched a hydrogen missile. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean they're just all flare. They're not gonna do much. I mean, I'll, what what am I saying, honey? I'll let you do the talking. It's your business. Oh now. yeah, I'm really actually fascinated by North Korea. I read a lot of books about it. Watch a lot of documentaries about it. I have specific North Korean advisors on my team as Secretary of State, Treasury, and Secretary of Defense, all three of which positions I am filling right now. You can even win the presidency. How are you you doing this? I saw the interview. That's all I know about North Korea. Oh, I also saw the interview. Um, But my main source for North Korea (laughs) is... um, Inside North Korea. Oh, it, like Inside Edition. It's like a TV show, right? Inside North Korea. No. <laughs> okay. I went to North Korea. You, wait, you went to North Korea? I don't think anyone's allowed. America's well, fine. you know, I was undercover as a regular American, and I pretended that I wanted to sell jeans to the North Korean people, and they just let me on through. Uh, they're actually quite a hot commodity. They're like mom jeans? Blue jeans. <laughs> Like mom blue jeans. Yes, you. some may call them a mom style, but I'm in Williamsburg, and I'm noticing all the young people are wearing mom jeans these days. They're a little wide at the thighs, but it's nice and snug for her. Yeah, the butt is intentionally unflattering. That's cool. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't. I, I haven't been paying attention to that fashion trend. I just have a Kentucky shirt here, you know. It actually, it actually fits nice and snug on me. I haven't even tried a pair. Well, that's... Oh. That's nice. That's nice. All right. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to take too much of your time. I know you guys are important people. So um, I, I guess since election year is now in the marathon stage, uh, Bill, both of you guys are compa- cam- campaigning. Uh, what do you have to say to middle America and why you should vote for? Are you saying that someone can't be smart, hip with it and technologically savvy if they're over the age of 60? I would say someone born before 1980 uh, has a more challenge of learning technology than a person that is born in from that era. And older. So it's so it's not our fault about that email thing. So lay off of us media. That's what yeah. I'm, no, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with both of you. Obviously, the media is doing a bad job of. Uh, I, I don't think they've mentioned the email in a while. I think they've been mentioning you uh, getting. Shh, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. And in the Oval Office. Yeah, they haven't talked about that either. Don't but, do that. but that's not what we're here to talk about. I I want to go back to the part of Brooklyn. Uh, you know, obviously you guys are big basketball fans. I, I saw President Clinton. You were at the game not too long ago. Dude. Madam Secretary Clinton, you you're your headquarters there. Why aren't you showing up to the games? What what's up with that? Oh, I'm showing up to the games. I'm just you know like I started on this podcast. I'm trying to go as a regular American. American. Okay. Um, so you guys know that the Nets are owned by a Russian owner. So what do your what do you think you guys could bring to the table in terms of international relations? Vladimir Putin and all. Um, obviously, you had some experience doing that, President Clinton. But what about you, Madam Secretary? How are you going to handle Putin and Mikhail Prokhorov of the Nets, the owner of the Nets? Okay. Well, I'm going to serve Putin some Putin and call it a day. I think we have enough issues in this country that we need to focus on so that our influence across the world 
will be better and that people will hear America and they'll think great, not shitty. That's right. Uh, I think Vladimir Putrid has his finger on the oh, new good one. one. Yeah. I thought, thank you. I t- it took a while to plan that one. But my wife has her finger on the peace button, you know. Uh, on the she, peace button? It's ready to push that peace button. Peace out, world. We're here to make friends. Wait, so you, you're just going to you're gonna befriend Russia. And what about North Korea? They just launched a hydrogen missile. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, they're just all flair. They're not going to do much. I mean, I'll, what, what am I saying? Honey, I'll let you do talking. It's your business. Oh, model. yeah. I'm really actually fascinated by North Korea. I read a lot of books about it. I watch a lot of documentaries about it. I have specific North Korean advisors on my team as Secretary of State, Treasury, and Secretary of Defense, all three of which positions I am filling right now. Wait, you didn't even win the presidency. How are you, how are you doing this? Well, I saw the interview. That's all I know about North Korea. Oh, I also saw the interview. Um, but my main source for North Korea <laughs> is um, Inside North Korea. Oh, it, like Inside Edition. It's like a TV show, right? Inside North Korea? No. <laughs> okay. I went to North Korea. You, wait, you went to North Korea? I don't think anyone's allowed. America's well, fine. you know, I was undercover as a regular American, and I pretended that I wanted to sell jeans to the North Korean people. And they just let me on through. Uh, they're actually quite a hot commodity. They're like mom jeans? Blue jeans. <laughs> Mo- like mom blue jeans. Yes, you. some may call them a mom style, but I'm in Williamsburg, and I'm noticing all the young people are wearing mom jeans these days. They're a little wide at the thighs, but it's nice and snug for her. Yeah, the butt is intentionally unflattering. That's cool. Oh. Okay, well, I didn't. I, I haven't been paying attention to that fashion trend. I just have uh, a Kentucky shirt here, you know. It actually, it actually fits nice and snug on me. I haven't been trying to pair. Well, that's oh. that's nice. That's nice. All right. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to take too much of your time. I know you guys are important people. So, um, I, I guess since election year is now in the marathon stage, uh, Bill, both of you guys are campa- cam- campaigning. Uh, what do you have to say to Middle America and why you should vote for uh, your wife? Uh, well, you know, I think that uh, it's important because uh, my wife is going to help get rid of this detrimental financial burden that we've all become victims of and dig us out of this unjust uh, quagmire, uh, much like the one I put myself in when I had my unfortunate sexual dealings. Uh, I saw I saw through the darkness of all those uh, late night uh exotic asian hookers and yeah you know i, I climb i climb my way out of the chasm of uh drugs such as heroin and uh playing russian roulette every night with the secret service you know if i can get out of it then my wife if she can help me get out of that then my wife can help the middle americans get out of anything real american hero true spoken words thank you so G- much yeah jane yep you got it uh well well madam secretary clinton obviously your husband is in full support of you and and your endeavors, uh, even though he, he has played Russian roulette and almost died several times, apparently. Uh, what will you do come November 2016? Where will you be? I will be in the Oval Office. Well, the Obamas will still be there. Are you? Are you? <laughs> but I'll be visiting him for tea. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so yeah, we'll just be visiting in November 2016. 
<laughs> okay. So when you visit, is there a purpose of this visit? Is it more just to say hello to Michelle and, and Brock, your former? Uh, uh, I like the dogs. Um, I'm a dog person. <laughs> Bo Obama. Okay. Bo Obama is okay. one of my favorite. Got it. Got it. And how's your daughter? How's your daughter and your granddaughter doing? Both the I don't have time to talk to them much. Oh, okay. All right. Well, cool. Well, uh, I this has been very insightful. Uh, I'm sure the listeners will either uh, just stop listening after after a little while from all this politics, or they'll get involved and start voting and stuff like that. Wouldn't that wow. be wow? Wouldn't that be nice, right? Uh-huh. Clint, vote, vote for Clinton 016. Uh, do you guys have any shameless plugs to do, uh, Twitter-wise? Is there any, like, uh, is there your favorite? I know both of you guys are on Twitter, so President Bill Clinton, is there a favorite Twitter that you follow, that, that people should follow? Uh, or Twitch, or YouTube, or anything like that? I, I mean, I, li- I like playing video games sometimes. Okay. You can- you could catch me playing all all sorts of fun little shootems and you know puzzle games and all. I like challenging my brain. Uh, I play under the moniker of uh, Doug D O U G underscore Prish Preed. That's P R I S C H. Oh shit! Where am I? P Prish P R E E D. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Okay, well, thank, thank you, President Clinton. Uh, you have a great evening. Appreciate the plug, and uh, we'll we'll catch you uh, later this year. Hopefully, bring you to a Nets game or something again. Yeah, you got a cowboy. Happy All trails. Right. All right, now, uh, Madam Secretary Clinton, is there favorite Twitters that you have or any Facebooks that you, you want people to follow? Uh, well, all that stuff is just Hillary Clinton, so it should be easy to find. But I will say our office in Brooklyn is open. Anyone can walk in at any time. And, oh, and you can get a hold of my wife at HillaryClinton at gmail.com. Oh, okay. it's, it's a private email. Well, I mean, I don't think you should guys endorse that. Um, if you're going to be going into presidency again, you should get rid of that personal email, probably. I don't know. I, I, I really, I strongly recommend that you do that. I don't, I mean, I haven't noticed anyone having a problem with it. Uh, okay. All right. Well, um. Besides, I can't even remember the password for my other ones. You know you can save passwords, right, uh, on Google Chrome? That's it. Nope, don't know that. Uh, okay, all right. Well, all right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, we are completely tapped out of questions, but if you have anything else, feel free to reach out to us at brooklynrebound.gmail.com. Check out Podboys Productions um, on Twitter. We have a lot of great programs, such as uh, the great program Pop Parallels, uh, podcast and we got another one called uh, good morning grandmas uh hey good morning grandmas i got that that has something to do with you uh madam secretary clinton right? uh, yeah. yes i'm a grandma and as a grandma i love the podcast called good morning grandmas at granny pod on twitter and uh, available on itunes hosted by danielle carroll and karen francis two lovely ladies who are grandma e grandma chic okay all right cool and uh president clinton is there a favorite uh a little improv group that uh, you have that you love watching in the city? Oh, uh, yeah. I really like uh, this one group. They're called Wig Baby. They're or Toupee Toddler. Or Toupee Toddler. Uh, I get, the name's up in the air, but they are just a, a fun bunch of individuals to watch. Just okay, really great. I, I would have them on the campaign trail if I could. Where can you find them on Facebook? Is there is there is that a thing? They're, they're in the Facebook-verse. Okay, uh, cool. Cool. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for just uh, joining us on tonight, and we will uh, catch you on the flip side. Again, it's Podnam.
Signing off from Brooklyn Studio A. Uh, good night, Brooklyn. Good day, NYC. Let's go, Nets. Boom. Rebound.